Hi guys, it's Sean here from the Build Muscle and Burn Fat podcast, and I'm here with episode number 72. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, of course, that's sean.momentum, you may have realized that I have gotten a little bit MIA as the new year has approached. And well, to be honest, this is pretty rough for me because I've just had a whole month of December having a chest infection, meaning that I haven't been able to sleep properly basically for the whole month because any time that I lie down on the floor or on the bed, it just triggers so much coughing. I get a lot of phlegm buildup. I know it's not nice to talk about, but just giving you a bit of a rundown of how my year has ended and then started as well. Then leading on to New Year's itself, on the Friday, I ate some food and on midnight, I woke up and I just threw up in the sink and it was disgusting. That triggered a bit of a food poisoning and gastro kind of situation going on and I was bedridden for four days. So I actually haven't lifted any weights or any training since 2022 last year. Now, obviously that sounds a bit odd, but I wanted to share that with you guys because maybe you're having a start into 2023 and you're feeling like it's getting a little bit rough. Maybe you had a great year in 2022 and you just haven't been able to get into it for this year. Or maybe I just wanted to teach you and show you that things don't need to be perfect. It just needs to somehow work. So right now, I'm still holding myself accountable to be able to get some training in tomorrow. Uh, because now I've got obviously work, this podcast, I've got other situations in my social life going on as well with weddings and birthdays. But I want to get straight into the content today and teach you something which I think will help you out. So with episode one for 2023, I talked about how to kickstart your fat loss journey in 2023. And I think that has a lot of really big key components. So if you haven't already, make sure you listen to that after this. But now we're going to dial down into the next part where today I'm going to talk about the best programs for fat loss and things that you need to look out for. Now in episode 71 before this one, I talked about seven foods to avoid during a fat loss phase. If you have any questions about that one, please make sure you let me know. Now moving forward into today's session, I'm going to talk about the best program for fat loss because to be honest, there's two sides to the story. Now. I do have a quite extensive education with you know university and training and exercise and the scientific side, but I've also got another 12 years of experience as a personal trainer, working with people down in the trenches and actually trying to find out what works well for them despite all the science. So I'm gonna give you two sides of the coin, talking about the practical side and the best program for fat loss, as well as the actual scientific side of what's going to be best for you with fat loss as well, mixed and blended in with the practical side too. So let's go to the first one. I think I'm going to start with practical. And the first point of this, and I've always dialed this down, if you've been following me on social media, might I add, I'm just going to plug this in right now. If you are listening to this podcast, just take a screenshot of wherever you may be listening on. So from Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, just screenshot it. And tag me on in your Instagram story post. That's Sean, S-E-A-N dot Momentum. Just so that I know that you are listening to the podcast. And it's good to be able to bring up a conversation with people. Um, I love podcasting so far. But the only thing is it's very hard to find out who's listening and how I can you know, create a conversation with you guys. 
But we're going to go back to the first part about practicality. And the first thing I want to talk about is managing to do it consistently. I always have people who go, what's the best program? What is the best thing for me to be able to do? And they'll go, is it six days a week? Is it four days a week? Is it three days a week? Is it going to be two times per day? Those are really good questions to ask, but there's so much more context to be able to be found with each person because every single person is going to have different circumstances to their life. This includes things like, well, first of all, what's your education? Do you actually understand how to do all these exercises in terms of your experience in them? If you give the same program to someone who's quite experienced, they will execute it a little bit differently because they understand how to use their body. The next thing is going to be, what's your work life like? What do you actually have available in terms of time to, to commit to this? So as a coach, as a personal trainer, and even as a person who trains as well, the best way to be able to get a program is something that you can manage to do consistently. And there's no point being able to smash it out for two weeks and then drop everything. And I've seen this happen time and time again, even within my own gym, which I used to own, where I would do 90 day challenges to help people really dial down in their habits. But then on the 91st day, they'll just drop it. And to be honest, they'll work so hard for 90 days that on the 91st day, they've pretty much done anything possible to kill that momentum. The, maybe it was the fact that it was gamified and people didn't know how to continue on to their lifestyle or didn't see how it benefited them and how it benefited them towards their goal and everyone smashed their goals funny enough. So thinking about the consistency side and this depends on each person's season of life. So when I was younger, I was able to train for you know six days a week, two, two and a half hours. I was very time rich because my priorities were to train, it was to go to work, and it was go to uni. Those are the only three things I had to do. I was fortunate enough to live from home, so I had um, food provided for me and roof above my head. Those are the only things I had to do. Fast forward you know, 10 years later, not quite the same situation, so my season of my life is going to be different. So the lesson that I have for anyone out there, you need to find out what can you and willing to commit to your lifestyle right now. If it's 20 minutes per day, go for it. Just make sure you understand that some days will be high impact and some days will be low impact so that you can recover. That's the scientific side to it because you can't go 100% seven days a week and expect that you're not going to need some rest. Now, if you can only do two days per week, for 45 minutes, perfect. That's still better than nothing. As you start to get better, your body starts to be able to get the most out of those minutes that you have. Now, if you continue to store your progress with the time that you have, then you can start to go, okay, what can I do a little bit more? Could it be the style of training? Could it be the equipment? It could be the scientific sides. It could be adding another training day. It could actually be decreasing a training day for a time period so that you can get better again to let your fatigue settle and your body go through that. Now that's a bit scientific, but honestly, like I really want people to know that it's about the consistency and that depends on your season of your life as well. Now let's change it up a little bit. Let's go into the scientific side. What's gonna help you with fat loss? This is the biggest error that I get a lot of people going and it's 
it's going to be something that you want to look into. It's going to be choosing to do muscle building exercises. That's exactly it. Muscle building exercises for fat loss is scientifically more beneficial for you. It's going to sound contradictory, but it is the absolute truth. The reason why we're doing this, okay? Muscle building exercises will help you build muscle, which helps you build up your metabolism. Now, if you don't know what your metabolism is, it's basically how much energy that your body needs at rest, even if you were to lie down all day. Now, I believe that a lot of people do understand what the metabolism is because that's the number one culprit for everyone gaining weight. Oh, my metabolism is starting to slow down. So maybe people don't quite understand that the number one driver to help you boost your metabolism is building muscle. Now you're probably asking, oh, I build muscle. I do, you know, 30 seconds of um, bicep curls in my three kilos and I do thousands and thousands of reps. That's not muscle building. That's just cardio with weights. Muscle building exercises require you to lift somewhere between, and this is very arbitrary because you can actually build muscle across all rep ranges, but this is what I found in my experience that helps people understand. The desired rep range for you to build muscle would be between eight and 12 reps. I choose eight to 12 because one to eight, it's very, very hard and it requires more skill to be able to lift to failure or close to high intensities or maximums of your capacity with lower reps. You need more skill to do that. Whereas you're in the higher rep ranges, the weight itself has to be a little bit more reduced. So eight to 12 reps, I believe is where most people would benefit from building muscle and lifting close to your maximum. Because if you don't lift close to your maximum, just like your tolerance to any sort of food, it starts to actually build up and you don't have the same stimulus again. Think about the first time when you had something so tasty, you've never had it, that's the first stimulus, and you eat it again and you eat it again and it loses its effect. Same thing happens with training. If you don't find yourself pushing towards those maximums, it's going to start having a reduced effect on how your body is going to change. So you can actually kind of do this right now if you wish to. You know, think about doing some push-ups or some squats and think about doing something between eight and 12 reps. Now, if you can smash out heaps and heaps of reps with good form and technique, then start to add some tempo in the way down three seconds, four seconds, five seconds, even as much as 10 seconds if you need to, if you're super, super strong, and try to make sure that you're between eight and 12 reps. If you're less than eight, reduce the amount of tension and time that you're going down. If you can do more than 12, then you need to start increasing the amount of tension that you're going down with each movement. Now, when you're doing these movements, think about that last rep. How many more can you do? Now your last rep should be a lot slower in terms of trying to push yourself in the squat or in the push-up than it is on your first one because of fatigue. You're almost pushing close to failure. And if you don't know what the reps and reserve tank is, I may do a video on this later on, but we're talking about making sure you can only do what somewhere between one rep, two reps, or three reps left in the tank. If you were not pushing within those limits between eight and 12 reps, 
then you aren't in that muscle building stimulus. You're in a, either a place of trying to lift lots of weights with cardio, or maybe you're in the technique phase where you don't want to be close to failure. So this is really important to understand and, and know, and I hope people start to understand this one with more clarity with their training, because over the years as a trainer, you'll get people with following a program and I go, well, how come your dumbbell chest press keeps saying eight sets, so three sets of eight to 12 reps, but across six months time, you've only been able to do the same amount of weight each time. Oh, because I thought eight to 10 reps with two reps in reserve was always 15 kilos. No, this is where people fail to understand. If you're doing that for six months and you're not seeing an increase, even just by a little bit, that means you're not pushing yourself closer to failure, you're not getting stronger, and you're not actually building that muscle that you need to help you boost your metabolism. So that's the scientific side. Exercises-wise, I may go through it real briefly later on. I think that will benefit a lot of people, and I'll write this on my list so that I don't forget for today's podcast. So let's go through that once again. So one more um, first practical one that we talked about was managing to do something consistently. Number one on scientific was making sure that you prioritize muscle building and I actually touched base a little bit on the training to failure module as well. Now we're gonna talk about the practical side again. Number two, you want to do something with the least amount of barriers. And this is something that I myself have had to prioritize being a busier person. I no longer have those six days a week and two and a half hours to train. I need something that I can get in, get out, do at home, whichever it might be, so there's no barriers, or really, to be honest, barriers are excuses. So an excuse could be when I walk into the gym and I wanna use the one hack squat and it's not there anymore. Now the removal of that barrier would be to change the exercise, obviously. But if you didn't know that, you didn't know that. So now we need to learn how we can do this. Now different people will have different sorts of barriers. Maybe your barrier is getting to the gym. So maybe a gym program is not gonna work for you. You need to then do a gym program or home program instead. Or maybe your barrier is I sometimes can't get to the gym due to emergencies. So my plan A is to get to the gym. My plan B is then to do a home program if I can't do that. My plan C, if I still don't have enough time to do a home program, maybe I'll go for a walk instead or just punch out 50 push-ups and then continue on with my day. There's still scientific proof to show that people who do some sort of exercise and even with office workers just doing standard up and down sit to stands on their chair for 15 times or up to 90 seconds, every hour has seen a change in profile and how they absorb amino acids in their food. So imagine what benefit you're doing on a cellular level as well as well as your psychological level because now you're not dropping the habit. Other barriers that you may think of is actually your physical barriers, your limitations in your body from injuries as well. If you can't do a lunge because it hurts, then change it up to do a step up. If you can't do a full barbell back squat, then start to do a Smith machine box squat or even doing a box squat or a kettlebell squat. If you can't do push-ups on your toes, then you do push-ups on an incline with a squat rack. These are so many other things that you can do. And I always tell people, it's not about your resources. It's always gonna be about your resourcefulness. Have a think about all the people who don't have the exact same resources that we do in the society that we have, but still can make progress. 
So I wanna challenge you out there to change your mindset and go, what can I do to be more resourceful to help me towards my goal? Because if you did have the best resources, but you don't have a resourceful mindset, you're still not gonna get anywhere because now you're thinking, oh, there's another barrier. You look for another barrier to why you can't use something that's a lot more complex. So start to think about that first, then you'll start to appreciate all the good things that come along with you having better resources. Think about your resourcefulness, how do you remove barriers, how you make it more consistent. That's once again on the practical side. I'm talking about this because um, I used to get a lot of people who would, you know, same situations. I would have two people, one person's a nurse, another person's a nurse, working night shifts, both of them. But one person knew how to use my resources with the recipe books that I gave them, the fact that they could email me and contact me, where the other person would say they don't have time to contact me, but kept eating um, foods that they didn't know what to do, didn't know how to actually buy proper food and groceries, gave them the, re- the grocery list as I would do with my other client, but still wouldn't look at it. So that wasn't actually a resource problem, it was a resourcefulness problem. More than likely I gave them the grocery list and they just chucked it away. Nothing I can do about that. But that's something that you need to understand when it comes to resources and resourcefulness. It's actually a mindset thing. And I've talked about this in the earlier podcasts. It's always about what's in between your ears and what you're processing as opposed to what you can actually lift, all right? This is gonna be the last one for the scientific side. Number two, it's gonna be doing exercises that gives you the least amount of injury-inducing effects. If you're walking into a workout, and there's plans for this, don't get me wrong, but if you're walking to every single workout feeling like a bag of smashed beans, then you're not doing it right. Every single workout shouldn't giving you, shouldn't be giving you the absolute aches and pains, even if you're an athlete. Because if that's the effect, even athletes have off-seasons. I used to train with a guy, not really train with a guy, I used to know a guy actually, and um, he would look at me like, why are you lifting so lightweight? And I said, oh, I'm actually in a deload phase at the moment because oh, I don't believe in deloads. I believe that you should train to absolute failure with every single training session. And you know, to be honest, I still stand by this, ironically, as I talk into a podcast and you're listening to me, that the quietest person in the room is not definitely always the dumbest person in the room. Sometimes it's always the loudest person. But at the moment, as I talked in this podcast, I am most definitely the loudest person in the room. So hopefully you don't think I'm all that uh, dumb. (laughs) But I was looking at him and I said, look, there is definitely proof to why deloads work. Think about Usain Bolt, the fastest man to be able to run 100 meters. Do you think he trains a hundred meter sprint world record attempts every single training session. No, he definitely has phases where he's going at 70%, 80%, even sometimes where he may not even be sprinting past 70% because he needs to work on rebuilding his body for recovery. And when you're thinking towards the, the best of the best in the athletic world, they have phases where they need to let their body recover because what they're doing in the gym is actually counterproductive to what healthy is. And that's why I wanted to make sure that, you know, for people out there who are just doing fat loss phases, we don't need to be smashing ourselves every single workout. There's going to be phases for that. But you do need it to be enough so that your fatigue or what you're ju- inducing to your body is going to outdo all the things that you're not doing. Hopefully I didn't lose you there. 
we're not going to touch too much about that because that can get more confusing. I could talk about it all day and still lose people out there. But you want to do exercises that are not as injury inducing. So if you find that a barbell back squat hurts a lower back, yes, A, about spending some time on how you can perfect your technique. More than likely, it's a technique thing. But B, as well, change your methods in the meantime so that you can reduce the amount of lower back pain so that you can keep training for longer in the future. And this is something that I wish I took on board a little bit more seriously until 2022, whereas I was so set in my ways that it had to be barbell-based work. It had to be a heavy barbell back squat, it had to be heavy barbell deadlifts and heavy bench press and everything else in between could trickle down afterwards. But I didn't realize that all those three things started to have such a high effect on my joints as well as my spine that I needed time to actually let it decompress or take pressure off and build around it in other ways. So now with without barbell back squats as being my main movement, I'm now using Smith machines, I'm starting to use hack squats. Instead of barbell bench press, I'm starting to do dumbbells, push-ups, as well as pull-ups for my back and starting to work some bodyweight-based movements. These are things that you need to also try and implement into your training and finding out what you can do to replace it. So if I have any clients who go, hey, look, Sean, the barbell bench press actually agitates my shoulder and my elbow. What can we do instead? Well, what's the goal? The goal is to be able to build some muscle around the chest and shoulders and also help you with a long-term looking a little bit leaner through the upper body. Cool, let's start doing push-ups instead. Do they hurt? Let's implement that instead. Let's put some machine chest press and we can start to complement two or three different combinations of exercises to make up for the one or two if we need to. So this is another thing. It's about like becoming a Swiss army knife, being able to change things on the go. And we call this resilience, but also I like to call it the pivot mindset. And for those of you out there who have watched Friends and you see Ross, and ironically, actually, he's a bad example because he wanted to bring the sofa up the damn stairs and he couldn't do it and he kept saying pivot. Ironically, his mindset did not allow him to pivot and, well, that couch went over the balcony. So that's one thing that I want people to know. Like These are things that most people do in other aspects of their life. If something doesn't go to plan, cool, we change it. We'll find another way around it. But when it comes to exercise, it comes to fat loss, these are things that people don't realize I help them so much. And it baffles me because I work with people who are very much professionals in other areas. But I tell them, hey, look, you need to bring that attitude and that mindset into this here. As long as you don't stop because you will make mistakes, it becomes a different battle and becomes a different challenge. But some people... And hopefully this was you as well if you're listening to this. They are able to adapt that as soon as possible. It's like, oh, failure is actually all not that bad. Oh, making mistakes is all not that bad. Being afraid to ask questions and actually asking the first one and learning from it, actually easier than I thought because I had to do it for this other skill that I learned, including learning an instrument to learning another language. I meet people who have amazing confidences in singing and performing, but when it comes to asking exercises, in this skill here for exercise and training and nutrition, they find that as a challenge. They say, well, how else can we get better? And they they start to realize, okay, I actually need to commit to this by asking those questions and sending those messages and trying to actually be comfortable in being uncomfortable. Because to assume that you're going to jump into the gym and know everything as soon as possible is pretty, well, first of all, arrogant. (laughs) And it's also very unrealistic. 
I'm still doing this at 12 years. I still get a little bit nervous. I'm talking in a microphone with absolutely nobody. Um, but I believe that there is some lessons here I can teach you. And hopefully this is one that benefits you. Guys, that's all I've got for today's episode. Now, if you have any questions leading to the future as well, uh, check in the description box. There's my email there. And you just ask me any questions there. Like I said, if you're listening to this podcast, um, it would benefit so many people and hopefully we can change another person's life. If you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you do do that, just take, take a screenshot, send it to me on Instagram, that's sean.momentum. I'd love to have a chat with you on Instagram as well. Thanks, everybody. I hope you guys take care. I hope these last three episodes have helped you with your New Year's resolution with fat loss. And I would love to hear anything that you have for me to help you some more. Keep up the good work, everybody, and keep building momentum.